Hello and welcome to Inside Living. I'm Steve Carfino, your co-host, along with the beautiful and amazing Elizabeth Mochi. The reason I can get away with that is because my co-host is also my partner. After numerous chats, we felt my background in sport and education and her expertise in well-being, as well as having six kids between us, we wanted to share with you some helpful hints on how to manage a family in isolation. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Hi, Steve. Today, we talk about the challenges and the opportunities of living in isolation and what they present. For example, anxiety, food and fitness, homeschooling, creating a happy home, great relationships, and time out. The show is sponsored by Life on the Inside, whose head practitioner and director is Elizabeth Mucci. All right, let's get right into it. Anxiety. Oh, yeah. That's caused by living in isolation. Well, we just never saw any of this coming. No, no, it definitely is um, a pressure cooker situation. You know, uh, that's on, on lots and lots and lots of levels. So even if you don't have a partner, you don't have children, just being told that you can't do something can create anxiety for people. They might've been used to going for a swim every day down at the beach, um, a walk, meeting with their trainer, going to their gym, that's all part of their routine and their routine. Some people um, uh, really don't like change of routine and so it's creating a lot of anxiety and they're stuck in their home or they might be living with an elderly parent and they've got the anxiety of bringing back corona to them and responsible i do have patients in that situation it's really really scary for them um, or they might now have four children in their house the youngest one's a newborn they've got a toddler they've got a five-year-old and a 12-year-old you know things that are create that it they really relied on the children going to school or going to their play groups so that their house was happier. A lot of the time we're actually setting up our home and we've got all these ideas as we're growing in families and morphing in a way that we're saying, oh, you know, things like, oh, look, I'm sending my, my child off to preschool for two days a week because I found that that made a world of difference. I got to actually get everything done around the house and I'm so much happier that's gone maybe in that situation people might have lost jobs and they can't afford those situations so even though those places are still open they might be struggling to actually send them there because they can't afford that sort of service you know so what are we looking for we're we looking for the ability to be flexible absolutely so we know that people that have that ability really adapt much better to their environment and have a lot less stress and so one of the worst stresses that we can actually, because there's all different t forms of stress, uh, one of the worst stresses that we can put ourselves um, under is where we don't speak. And so a lot of us are living in situations that um, they were maybe not ideal in the first place. So maybe, for instance, our relationship's not great and it was being held together by the fact that that person was working every day for 10 hours a day and they didn't actually have to be seeing them in their home constantly so there's that or the fact that maybe that person I really identified with that job and so therefore um, they got a lot of joy from it and came home joyful and now their job might be taken away from them um, and so being flexible in one sense a lot of people think that they might be flexible because they've got all these things set up and so it's like yep yeah, no that's fine they come home and I leave and I'm being flexible with time 
Now what it's more about is being flexible with your internal world and that is more difficult. A lot of us may not have had to do that before. And so in the sense of I've got to learn that how important is this that I make this point out at one to ten? Is it really important that I'm a stickler to have everything done exactly how I want it to be done? Or should I just uh, be empathetic to the fact that Look, people like to do things at different times. Someone might really like to tidy up at the end of the day when the sun's not out. Someone might love to do it first thing in the morning. Um, some people might sort of, you know, see it at lunchtime to take that chance. So it's more about being flexible with different personalities and within ourselves. How are we going to grow through this? So I actually see this as a great growing time for people they may not have been aware of shortcomings that they had um, of themselves and now it's amplifying it but if we have the attitude of oh wow I didn't know that about myself I'm really going to work on that on the other side of corona we're going to have much greater resilience tolerance flexibility as a result of this this happened in war it happens in times that we're sort of put um, but by surprise, we might got, I might have got cancer or something like that and realized, hey, I, I was a workaholic. I needed to not do that. Hardship brings growth as long as we have the right attitude towards that hardship. Yeah, for example, when the GFC hit, there are a lot of people that lost their businesses, lost their homes, lost lots of things. Uh, um, it is an opportunity to adapt and probably find out what are the more important things in your life mm, and find out more about yourself so if you actually do the inner work a lot of us can start to in some ways fall in love with ourselves because we actually like the way we handle things and think wow isn't that amazing I never realized I actually could adapt and or who would have thought that staying at home and really cleaning my environment brought some excitement to, you know, I kept myself really busy all these years where actually this is really nice to be at home and I get to actually spend a bit of time with my children playing games and and wow my child's opening up they've never done that before or my partner's talking to me in a way he's never done that before because I'm here and he's got no one else that he can turn to so I'm, I'm growing in that communication skill. So if we can see it as a positive, great, or go, wow, I am really bad at this. Um, I need to grow. And if we can be humble enough, I think humility and flexibility um, are, are really important for us to sort of tap into at the moment. Um, but if we can be humble and just go, yeah, I'm actually just realized I really don't have a lot of tolerance, you know, and what am I going to do about that? You know, how am I going to grow through that? Because if you can, your life's only going to get heaps better. We're talking about challenges and opportunities. One of the challenges is getting toilet paper when you go to the grocery store. But there's heaps of food there. Uh, one of the things that I'd love to touch upon is how you've gone about feeding your family in this situation of isolation. So for me, um, first thing I had said to my daughter that's living with me, who's 21, was that I'm now going to be cooking um, because it allowed me to, um, one, have less dishes to clean up and her and all the rest but also to control the amounts that I was cooking things that I could I would say to people especially if they've got younger children to cook for two days 
cook for um i've told some patients now you know on a weekend cook up a whole heap of things that they can use through the week that way food doesn't perish it's not sitting in your fridge um and just uh by the time you get around to cooking that dish it's nowhere near as fresh something that you just go yep i'm going to make a curry i'm going to make a big one i'm going to make a massive soup i'm going to make a sauce i'm going to make a stew cook it all up and then put them in freezer lots it makes life so much easier especially if you have to homeschool and you're not used to it um but so if you can be organized around that um and also the fact that we we actually a lot of fast food places are shut down so people are going to start eating a lot healthier that's fantastic you know they might find that you know they have to you know maybe they could only get certain types of vegetables at the time they're going to have to explore um, their children are going to have to explore they can't all just eat pizzas and different things that are actually not that great for us once in a while great sure fine but if we can control that environment we're just going to get healthier yeah and how about the relationships too and one of the things that we haven't done as a society is eat together eat the same dinner table um, all be in the kitchen at the same time. Somebody could be chopping up the vegetables. Another person could be, you know, fetching the pasta or the rice or whatever it may be. But it just seems to be an opportunity to draw the family together. Absolutely. This was something that I was raised with, um, that we ate together. It was a rule. And I have done that with my family as well. Um, it brings a lot of discussions or just closeness. It's something that it's a time in the day that we all come together. So this will be strange for a lot of people that aren't used to that. However, just as a a story, a side note, um, a friend of my brother's, uh, who was a psychologist had, um, basically, uh, based his whole therapy on eating around a table and he's working in England. He looks after 23 homeless children at the one time. And, um, I had spoken to him a couple of years ago. He was saying that he reflected back on three families. One of them was mine as we were growing up. And he said, you know, these three families had been very successful raising really, um, great individuals, adults, um, that went on to do lots of things for our community and for themselves and great, you know, family people. And he looked at what was the difference? Why did we not go and, you know, get, you know, involved heavily into drugs and, you know, become street kids? What was it about us that was, you know, um, creating such great, um, sort of values, family values and things like that. He brought it down to, we all had sat around tables. We all told stories around tables and grew up that way. So he went to the government, um, in London and proposed to have a big table made of 23 people could sit around. And, um, he started implementing that the results were outstanding. The children, uh, the they, these were all under 18. They all went on to, when they left the home, getting a tertiary education. This is the homeless home, like for these children. Uh, tertiary education, um, the pregnancy rates had dropped dramatically. Usually it's very high as they leave. Um, and the self-pride, the connection, um, because people had to talk, even though they had fights and things like that around the table, it was a rule. So it's a time where you just can't keep grudges. You're having to have a meal. There's a, you know, um, a time for us to talk about, you know, the highlights of our days or, um, the things that are annoying us about each other or whatever. So yeah, it's just a nice time to bring the family together. This is going to happen a lot that might be never happening in a particular home. 
Well, the fact that we can't just freely leave our home, um, fitness in science, it's, it's a scientific fact that fitness factors into happiness. So, um, with being able to having the ability to stay in the house and not go outside, what are some of the things that you would suggest as far as exercising? One thing I'm telling my patients to do first off is if you can actually, if you have a other garden, than, other than dribble the basketball yeah, around the house, play basketball. Um, if you can, if you can get some sun in your eyes first thing in the morning. So even sitting next to a window with your, your blinds drawn, um, opened so that you can actually soak in about 10 to 15 minutes of sunlight. Um, that will, um, have an impact on lessening depression. So that's a good one. And it helps, um, just start waking you up and starting your day because it raises serotonin which is your happy hormone um, if you've got a garden then you know if you can do things like ball games and just get out there and throw the ball and kick a ball or um, you know skip skipping's a good one because you're getting your heart rate up it's in a small space you can do that pretty easily um, step ups things like that so if you've got a couple of steps or you can get a crate uh, 10 minutes of step ups is equivalent to about 30 or 40 minute brisk walk so there are things you can do in a tight space, dancing, mucking around, you know, as far as that. Um, but I would say, yeah, just trying to get your heart rate up one way or another. That might be push-ups, lunges, squats, just in your home, if you're in an, in an environment like a unit. Um, but otherwise, you yeah, try and get out first thing in the morning. Yeah, there's all types of information on the internet on what various sports you can do to work on your individual skills, whether it be like my field of expertise, of course, is basketball, but you can do other sports by throwing the ball against the wall, hitting the target. Uh, you can dribble the basketball, hit a target. You can make moves to create space in a tight space. Um, there's lots of things that you can do and just use the aid of the internet. So that would be my suggestion as far as sports are concerned, because, you know, that's really vital as well. All right. Well, let's go on to homeschooling. You know, we talked about homeschooling as far as having the assistance to be able to provide the parents with uh, what needs to be done as far as, you know, having kids learn from home. And this is something that hasn't been faced, you know, by a lot of parents. But the fact that you've had four kids that you've homeschooled, um, I'm sure that you can help people with some ideas on how to adjust to their kids being at home with their education. If you can have some boundaries, if you can have rewards, uh, a child really needs some breaks. We know that if we can have about a 20 minute break um, throughout the day at different times, that's gonna help that child get recharged. You obviously don't want them to get overexcited, but you know, just a break where you might talk about something totally different or they go out and just have a bit of run in the yard, that sort of thing. Um, but it's more, what we know, there was a, um, a man called uh, Vygotsky. Vygotsky um, followed Piaget. These were educators and they have written a lot of the psychology around education. Um, Vygotsky came and showed that children that were learning from older children were learning a lot more than if they had learnt from an adult. And it was because they often felt intimidated by the adult or they might have switched off. So being at home, if you've got an older sibling that you can maybe get to teach the younger sibling something and encourage them um, one if they can do it well and you can sort of encourage them to do it well they will um, 
the, the younger child tends to listen more. They want to actually impress that child maybe more just because they may be a couple of years older, um, as well as the older child remembers what it was like not to know how to do that particular task because they only had just done it a couple of years ago. So they found that dynamic was fantastic for learning. So if you have that at home and you can, you've got an older sibling, maybe a 13 or 14 year old or a 10 year old that can teach their five or six year old something, get them involved as well because they will master how to teach. Um, I think that had an impact on me because I'm one of five. I'm the middle child. Um, and uh, I naturally just taught my younger siblings. They would come to me because mum and dad didn't know how to teach them things. And so they would come to me. And um, I think it just created a passion for me to teach people in general. So that probably has, you know, might have the same impact. How about the complications of different kids learn differently? Yeah, so um, lots of kids learn differently. They learn at different times, their energy levels, um, their concentration spans. Uh, there's lots of things that can have an impact on the learning. So maybe the topic themselves, you know, so um, they might sit there and hate a particular topic and they've got to get it done for school. I would probably leave that for last. I wouldn't be putting that at the front, you know, the, the beginning of the day so that it wrecks the whole day for them and I would give them a reward afterwards to just say look once you finish this or you know maybe let's do it together once you finish this you know either come and have a cup of tea with me and um or we'll go and throw the ball around some sort of reward afterwards so that because it's hard for them they might be struggling with reading and they don't really want to read um but they're happy to do all their maths and they're happy to do their art and whatever else they want to do um and if you can break it up for them and make them feel comfortable you know I was I was not a great reader at school um, I could finish all my tests on time I could do um, everything well I was a high achiever however I wasn't a great reader um, but I wasn't a great reader out loud so in my head I could read fast and I could do everything but as soon as I had to read out loud um, I really struggled with that and so um, I remember my brother just explaining to me that that was fine to read slowly but maybe focus on my expression so he was fine you know I, as soon as I had that told to me reading wasn't such an awful thing anymore to read out loud so it's that sort of stuff if you can sort of sit there and say don't worry I don't care how slow you're reading but maybe when they're doing um, speech marks how about we put a funny voice there or we you know make it a bit more exciting for them so that it's not about the speed of reading it's about how they're reading well how about the parent you know, hasn't gone to school for a long time and feels a little bit like, well, I don't even know year seven math. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of parents out there that may have, one, done poorly at school themselves. Um, two, may have not even been educated in Australia. They're migrants, so that they might have been educated overseas, a totally different sort of um, system. They may be totally clueless when it comes to Aboriginal history and all of that sort of stuff. But if they see it as a chance for them to learn as well, um, and they're curious about learning, it's, you know, learning is amazing. Our brain does really, you know, well when we learn. Um, and I think it's great for the child to see us in a situation where we're struggling and how we cope with it, because we live by example. Um, and so if we say to them things like, wow, this is pretty hard, you know, let's learn it together. I don't remember this at all. 
um, let's if the, if it's like a buddy a buddy group, I mean that'll just make them not feel like they're really dumb, um, that maybe they're the only person in the room that doesn't know how to do it, you know that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of positive stuff that can come out, but I think if we do it with them and, and we're excited about the fact of just learning something new, that can help. Yeah. As I look on social media, I see a lot of you know pseudo experts talking about um, the the challenges of being in isolation, but also some of the solutions that can come out of it. And one of them is to create a happy home. We have another opportunity, you know, that has been thrust upon us by isolation to create a happy home. Yeah. So um, obviously this is our chance to declutter. Um, we're, we're, if we can do that, we haven't done it for a while and we get the kids involved. If you have that, just clean up environments, make little pockets. So I used to have a school area, um, you know, a games area, a toys area, those sorts of things. Um, I had a whiteboard so, you know, I could be literally drawing on there and the kids could sort of do the same come up you know that sort of stuff but it's more um I personally um I had traditions it was very very important to me um it was important to the kids it was interesting to see how many times those traditions had been spoken about leaned on and I still have traditions today um the kids love it they love routine and um, it allows them to feel like it doesn't matter what else happens in my day, I still have this tradition like sitting around a table, um, maybe Friday night games, we might do a Sunday movie together, um, that sort of thing. If we can have traditions where we may go, look, at 10 o'clock, 10.30, we all stop, we have a bit of a cup of tea, we have a chat, you know, tell us something funny or what are you learning at the moment? Probably, I would probably steer away from learning altogether and just talk about them and you know um how they did they have a dream last night you know just talk something that gets their mind off that so traditions are really important boundaries the way the kids speak um to us and um, I would say to the kids often you know I don't mind what you say to me as far as you can talk about any topic but it's got to be done respectfully um, because and I was the first person to be respectful so um, I think living by example is an important one there and then I would have themes in my home so and we would have them up so I really liked that so I said you know guys we would sit down and go what do you think our family values are and they would go love you know so I'd write love in a really nice fancy way we'd cut it out and I'd put it up on my wall up the top of say um, just around the house respect so we would have that and so they would see it constantly that this was what we were about and they helped me create it I also um, I don't know if this is what people think is weird or not but I also had discussions about um, punishments so I thought that was important to have a discussion about what do you think if you don't sit down and actually do your work what would you say is a good punishment for that because obviously you need to and um, you know there's because the school would punish them as well I mean we get punished at work we get docked our wages if we do things like that and I would have a whole discussion about that so they would come up with ideas like oh I suppose we'd have to sit on the step for 10 minutes you know if we spoke badly or um, you know I would have to do um, Oh, I wasn't allowed to go out and play, you know, that afternoon or something like that. And then when the thing, whatever it was, happened, 
because they create they talk to me about that then they would also be okay straight away with the punishment I was like yep no I get it that's fair because we had already talked about the fairness of things there was no surprise it was very clear the boundaries were clear what was going to happen so that's what I found helpful for me pretty reasonable kids I would say Mm. yeah well I tell you what a little different than my upbringing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah and I guess you know there's the opportunity to you learn things from your parents but you also kind of pick and choose the things that you want to do better and and when you're at home in isolation here's the uh, great opportunity to practice that yeah but think how amazing this is if your children now have to live through this in an environment where actually there's been a lot of entitlement because there's been no suffering really for a lot of people this is our chance to go guys you know we we're housebound for a short period of time we are housebound but we don't have bombs hitting our home we're housebound but we're not literally threatened as we walk out our door with knives and and things like that so if we can talk to them about that we get to we can say to them things like we get to feel just a little bit of what some of the people around the world are feeling and it'll help us grow in empathy and I think that's important for them if they go wow you know how lucky are we we're only being told for our own benefit and the benefit of those that we love to stay at home we we're not staying at home with it coming around locking our doors we still have a freedom to go out and come back but just to think a little bit of what those people are like that are threatened every day in these environments where they're being attacked or bombed I remember my mum was telling me stories about war um, when she was little and uh, it was horrendous what they had to go through and hide and keep quiet while the Germans were flying over and things like that um, but it made her so resilient and very loving as a result so our parents had those type of tragedies that they had to learn from and we were raised by those parents and I know for me when the GFC hit that changed my lifestyle as well as my my family's lifestyle but through that, I think that we all learned some valuable lessons. I don't think that my kids have a sense of entitlement because they went through tough times. And I'm pretty sure that's going to affect how they parent in their relationships Absolutely, with yeah. their kids. So this is uh, a great opportunity for, for people. And we talked about the challenges and, and the opportunities. But um, the, the next thing would just be about relationships. And I think that, you know, with all of these things that we have externally, you know, the purchases that we make, the houses that we live in, the cars that we drive, you know, that may be changed. There's lots of people in high paying positions uh, that are losing their jobs. And so um, it's going to be really put a microscope on relationships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not only um, do most of us, but a lot of us, I would say, um, feel some rewards from the works that we do, um, the way that we can have a a massive contribution to our home and environment. And now that might be taken away from us. And so that's going to create maybe a lot of depression 
and maybe people don't know how to handle a situation of anxiety and depression that they may never have suffered before. So um, it's putting pressure on them. Um, look, when we're depressed, when not only depressed, but when we're depressed, we tend to sort of look at the world very pessimistically. When we're anxious, um, we worry about the unknown. A lot of this is about the unknown. How is this going to have an impact on us? In doing that, uh, we have a hormone um, that is raised in our system called cortisol. Cortisol will create a lot of problems if it goes on for a long period of time. So cortisol is that hormone that allows you to maybe lift a car off somebody. It makes you extremely aggressive, um, ready for a fight, um, and it makes you extremely strong. However, we're, we're locked up. And so we've got this cortisol flooding through our system. So we want to take it out on somebody. And so usually we take it out on the people that we love the most um, because we know that they're probably going to hang around. Um, I think it's important, one, on the other side, to be empathetic to that, um, but also to ourselves to just have a check in on, is this me just feeling awful and maybe um, I need to actually go and punch a punching bag if I can do that or just go and get some of this exertion out maybe skipping a whole heap if you don't have much room or do I need to go and do some meditation some yoga and something to come that be down. some sort of timeout a timeout yeah. situation. I think it's about being aware of that, watching signals within ourselves, heart rates, the way we're speaking, all of that, and just go, look, I just need to remove myself. It's got nothing to do with you. I'm just feeling a bit like I'm I'm starting to stress out. All right. Well, that's about all the time that we have. Thank you, Elizabeth. It really covered so many areas um, quite efficiently. Oh, thank you. Okay. You're listening to Inside Living, and it's brought to you by Life on the Inside.